Hello, and welcome again to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. Today we have as our guest, Steve Rosenberg, and his book, Make Bold Things Happen, More Inspirational from Sports or Stories from Sports, Business, and Life. I certainly like that title. Thank you, Steve. Are you there? I'm here, John. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. I like this. Uh, Zoom thing. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's done well. It's had some so you know kinks in it, but it it works out pretty good. Totally agree. Uh huh. Um. Now let me see. I looked at most everything. I think that I could have. Um. How long did it take you? Or how long ago did it take you to say you know I'm going to write the book? Well, great question, John. So it's there's two things I've always wanted to do in my life. One was write a book. The second was run a marathon. I'm in pretty good shape. My, my body can't run 26 miles. That, I, that ship has sailed. So last year, around this time, I found myself with more time than I thought I would have. I had left my position running a large not-for-profit here in Philadelphia. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try and write this book. I have been a serial networker my entire life and understood the value of having a really strong network, being one degree of separation from hopefully fixing any problem or helping anybody with the problem. And I just sat down really with a very loose outline and started banging away at my computer. And 50,000 words later, I came up with this, the, the book, uh, You'll Make Bold Things Happen. I hired a team of people. You know, in today's world, you can either um, be self-published, you can do independent publishing, or you can go through a traditional publisher. And in today's post-COVID world, when you go through the regular traditional publishers, John, it takes three years to get to market unless you're Prince Harry. And I don't think anybody's going to confuse me with Prince <laughs> Harry. And while my stories are pretty interesting, again, I don't come from the royal family. And so I decided to go the independent route. And we were able to get to market in about eight months. And the book came out in January of this year. And you know, when you do something creative, and you know you're very creative yourself and you do this wonderful podcast, it's a risk into the deep end, and you're not sure really how deep the water is. And I've always had this fear, as most people do, of being the kid that ends up in school with no clothes on, right? We've all had that nightmare. And so I put myself out there with a bunch of personal stories, and I interviewed a number of other people with their stories of overcoming pretty mm -hmm. significant hardship by using networking to get ahead. And I didn't know where it was going to take me. I knew I would never end up at number one on the New York Times bestseller list, but I just wanted to put out a product that I was proud of and that other people would enjoy. And John, I will tell you that I've heard from people in almost all 50 states now who have purchased the book, read the book, and most importantly, really enjoyed the book. So it's been a real labor of love for me. So thank you for asking. Well, that's, uh, that's, you, that's a very rare deed you have, have, have put out <laughs> and had it come home. It's a, uh, 
that's not as easy as people as me. You make it just then. I guess you had sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, talk, I, I love the fact that you talk about integrity. And, you know, I focus a lot about sports. And while I don't write about this gentleman in particular, but there's a guy by the name of Harvey McKay who started a company called IMG, which is, you know, now one of the largest sports management firms in the world. They have a school down in Bradenton, Florida. And Harvey said, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. And if you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. And I sort of try to weave that theme throughout a variety of stories, because it's really, as I've been a manager of very large organizations, and to me, it's the number one thing that I've always looked for, because if you hire people with great integrity and great a great moral compass, I'll teach them the rest of the things and, and a lot of exuberance. But if they're if they have good integrity and they know right from wrong and how to get things done in the right way, those are people that I'm happy to be in the bunker with at any time. So I love the fact that you talk a lot about that. Well, it's uh, it's it's absolutely uh, something you just can't lay down. Uh, no, or ask very. people to lay down it just doesn't work. It it begins nope. to smell after that, you know. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, now let me say you you you've learned the harness, the power of networking. Uh, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, so I literally, and I tell the story repeatedly, and I think people are sick of me already. But I literally grew up in <laughs> Mister Rogers' neighborhood in the Squirrel Hill section of Pittsburgh, which is a very wonderful, small townish community where people actually took Mr. Rogers' advice and they actually were friendly and they said hello to each other and they were neighborly and we got to know each other. And unfortunately, my mom passed away when I was very young, when I was seven years old and ended up living with my grandparents who were not people of means. And if I wanted to get something done, I had to rely on or go meet other people, whether it would be to get a job. I started working when I was 10 years old. I was washing dishes at a restaurant and I had a paper route and doing all sorts of odd jobs so that I could make money and have money in my pocket. And to me, I didn't know the term networking. It was just meeting people. We didn't have money to go places or to go on vacation. So to me, meeting people and hearing their stories was the way that I learned about the world, saw the world and imagined what the world could be. I didn't even leave, uh, I didn't even get down to like the Florida area until I was in my 20s. You know, for us, a big vacation was to go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to Amish country. And that was only once every few years. And I wouldn't change anything, John. I mean, I love the way I grew up. I mean, obviously, I wish my mother hadn't passed away. But the old school values that I had with my grandparents are something that don't exist today. And my grandparents didn't want to be my best friend. They wanted to give me, you know, the, 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 the shine the light on what was good and what wasn't good. And instill the values which I needed to do. But if I wanted to do anything, they're like, go, you, you, you know, we had a sort of, you pay, you say uh, edict in my house. So, you know, right. if you wanted to do something, go get a job and figure out how to make money and go do it. You want the new Nike sneakers? Great. Get a job and go pay for them. And to me, it was just, again, I didn't know the term networking, but right. I just started to go collect people um, at a very early age. Well, you've got a certain 
energy that propels you to do yeah. what you can do. You know, yes. I mean, we've got yeah. something in common. Uh, yep. I was a kid, uh, fifth grade, I believe. I was a paper route boy, paper boy. They don't have the city. Yep. Yeah, they don't have them. Know. You know, it's a shame. Well, the first of all, they don't even have newspapers anymore for the most part. I still have two <laughs> delivery. And my neighbors and my kids and my friends say, did you still read the paper? And I say, yes, it's the greatest source of joy that I get to start my day. I can read the news the way I want to do it whatever right. section I want to start with. There's not ads popping up all over. And uh -huh. to me, to support journalists and journalism, particularly in a local way, is so critically important. And I'll miss the newspaper if it ever goes away. And the feel of newsprint and your fingerprints and having sure. that black ink all over your hands, nothing like it. And I'll never stop reading a newspaper. <laughs> well, it makes me old, I know. I take it online now. I, I take a Dallas yeah. paper. I take a a, 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 a paper at um, San Antonio, uh, and I take the Wall Street Journal. But that's all on, yep. you know, all done. You know. Yep. Yep. Well, listen. So, as long as you're reading, as long as you're learning, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um, I, I look at what you've accomplished, and it's it's quite. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it heroic because others have come before you. Yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it's it, it's so, oh, the thing I wanted to ask you about, and I missed it, or did I? Here, we can, here it is. It's the first page. It's the first sentence of, of the items that I had printed out. First of all, it says, who do you call? And I wrote down Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. But you do but, have somebody in your whenever when there's issues. I'm sure you do have a person that you call that knows how to get things done. You know, the, my business is the GSD group, and GSD stands for Get Bleep Done because that's what I've always been able to do. I don't have. You know, to me, during the hours of, you know, eight and six, let's call it, that's time to work. And uh -huh. in order to work, we have to get things done. And I'm in a consulting type area now and people are paying you and they're not, I don't charge by the hour, but I'm still respectful of other people's time. And we only have, time is the one commodity that we can't get more of, right? And if you can get things done quickly and efficiently, more people are going to call on you to get more things done. You know what they say, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. And I just have this ability to just always be one degree of separation away from somebody. If I can't fix the problem myself, I know who to go to. I have almost 10,000 names and contacts in my phone that I keep updated. And I have this little exercise that I do every week, 52 weeks a year. I make a list on Sunday night, John, of 100 people that I'm going to reach out to in the coming week. And it can't be a uh, repeat of the week before or the prior or two weeks before. And right. I, I talk to them. It could be a happy birthday text. It could be a, Hey, here's an article that I saw. It could be a lunch meeting, a breakfast meeting, a, you know, anything. If they call me, it doesn't count. If I run into right. them on the street, it doesn't count. And I would challenge any of your listeners to a try that to even even come up with a hundred people that they even care to talk to in a right. given week. And in, in order to keep your contacts fresh you have to do those kinds of things. It's work. And 
you need to do that in order to not just help yourself, but to me, and I know you subscribe to this, John, the greatest thing that I feel like I could do is to help others with my contacts. If they want to help me, great, but I love to put two people together and, you know, watch really great things happen. Well, after looking uh, at all of the materials that I've got and, and you're verifying it in person, uh, I think I'm going to buy your book. <laughs> I am as somebody and all of my, all of my listeners should buy the book too because you've done the same thing listeners you sat around and did nothing and made uh, made to-do lists you know I've got you know a box of do lists to-do lists so they need to look into uh, it as yeah. well yeah listen it's uh you you have to look we all got lazy John right during the pandemic and some people remained lazy and it's pandemic's over. We've got to get back out there. Right. I, I get the fact that some people are still immunocompromised and they have to be careful. And I have a great respect for anybody who has health issues. I feel bad, but you know, mm-hmm. they have to live their lives the way they do. But we've got to get back out there. We've got to stop sitting around working from home in our pajamas. We've got a right. life is a participatory activity. As far as I know, there's one trip around the sun for each of us. And I'm not going to spend it in my home or office sitting by myself. The only way to enjoy life to me is to enjoy it with other people. And, and, and the young people, this book is particularly, in my opinion, great for those just starting out in their career, because uh-huh. the young people, we lost a generation, in my opinion, John, these people, these young people have had their heads buried in their phones for, for, for 20 years playing yeah. games and being on what I refer to as anti-social media. I think the technical term is social media, but there's nothing social about talking to somebody on your phone, uh, right. going out to dinner, sitting at a meeting. Those are social activities. And people don't know how to make conversation. They don't know how to look somebody in the eye and, and mm-hmm. have a conversation and ask them, what brought you here today? Or, you know, how did you get here? How do you make a living? Why do you like your job? Just enjoy talking to people. And if we don't all get out there together and start mingling again and be neighborly like Mr. Rogers, I don't mm-hmm. know how we succeed as a people. Well, I think that uh, you know, for you, especially, the uh, meeting people and determining whether or not these are candidates. Um, you know, some, some people have it, some people don't. Some people might have it. It's, it's that type of thing, and you know it well. Um, right. right. It's why we have this, this divide in the country. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what you believe in. But you and I go back to a time, John, when it, if you two people didn't agree, you could at least have a conversation about it. And you didn't stop talking to each other. You could, oh, I see your point. Here's my point. And maybe you didn't agree, but you didn't become arch enemies, right? You had a respect for each other. We got dressed when we went out to dinner on a Saturday night or went to a ball game or we went on an airplane. And that doesn't exist anymore. And I know that I sound like an old man when I say that, but those are the things that are missing today. And when I write about make bold things happen, Anybody can make something bold happen. It's just 
participating in life and doing those kinds of things, right? Like you can, anybody can make a bold thing happen. It doesn't mean curing cancer. It doesn't mean going to the moon. It just means mm-hmm. acting like a, like a, like a gentleman or, or, or a lady and, and getting out and talking to each other. And, you know, Mr. Rod, I keep quoting Mr. Rogers, but you know, he said there are three keys to success in life. The first is be kind. The second is be kind. And you know what the third one is? Be kind. And we don't do that anymore. So that's how I try to live my life. I'm a big favor of Mr. Rogers. And you it's should be. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful <laughs> day in the neighborhood. Right. you be mine. You know, because I had kids, lots of kids. And uh, they all got it stuffed down their throat as well. <laughs> yep. And it was successful. They're better off. Yeah, they are. They all have something, many things they got from Mr. Rogers. Um, At this point in my life, I never thought I'd be quoting Mr. Rogers still. But (laughs) you don't realize the lessons. And for me, again, it's a lot more personal because I grew up less than a mile from his actual home. And But the things that he taught you, using the most disruptive invention probably in history and in television to teach us these things, whatever they were in life, he was so far ahead of the curve. And... We just don't have that anymore. There's no place to turn to that. There's no, I write a lot and I speak a lot about the lack of leadership in this country. I don't care whether it's political leaders or anywhere, you know, leaders in business. We don't have anywhere to turn for leadership. And um, there's no moral compass for these people anymore. And young people, I don't feel like have anywhere to turn. So it's up to people like you and others to provide me maybe to provide leadership for the for the next generation well i think that uh as part of our society right now that you know sports is still good sports is still something that can bring that together because it's a team and you got to have a team uh, and you have to have people that on your team that you can trust on the team and that you can, you know, not yell at them all the time. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with, with sports. And yep. uh, uh, by the way, I used to run uh, triathlons. But I, uh, my, I got a son, had twins. Uh, he, uh, uh, he's an Iron Man two times. Wow. Amazing. I couldn't, I couldn't do that because I got a bad That's knee. That's incredible 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 i don't care what your body can do that's a, a mind thing yeah. in my opinion to, to do that that's that's amazing and you're right sports is incredible i call sports the opiate of the masses Karl marx said religion is the opiate of the masses but when you think about how we consume sports watch sports mm-hmm. talk about sports wager on sports play mm-hmm. sports and you know i write in the book john that failure is not the opposite of success right? Failure is part of success because if you don't fail, how can you ever learn how to succeed? About 18 years ago, the Wall Street Mm. Journal, speaking of which, did a front page story on something that I was very passionate about. I was an early adopter, maybe one of the first to try to get rid of participation trophies because I Mm. knew that we weren't teaching young people anything about showing up at the end of the season and collecting a six inch metal piece of, you know, something to acknowledge that they had something, right? When I was growing up, it took me years before I got my first trophy. And we 
the, the, the uh, joy of sports is participating, making friends, having memories, your hat, your shirt, your uniform, whatever. But mm. I didn't need a six inch, you know, gold plated person to represent what I accomplished. That doesn't do anything. But if you don't mm. fail, you don't know how to succeed. To me, the opposite of success is not trying. It has nothing to do with failure. Right. You got to stay with it. And, and I believe you've written the book such that once they start, they're not going to put it down. And that's, that's, that ought to be a, that's right. It ought to be an unknown goal. They're not going to do it, but they will. They're going to be read it. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And by the way, I interview a number of people in the book who are really fascinating stories. There's one guy I write about, um, I call him Mikey Mitz because he was a boxing trainer as yeah. admits. Um, and he was a guy who unfortunately found, lost his way boxing because he, he met drugs. And uh -huh. this is a guy that I ended up searching for and looking for in some of the worst parts of Philadelphia because he was missing for weeks at a time. And he finally, again, through networking and through power of positivity and using other people has rebuilt his life. He's one of the right. best stonemasons in the area owns his own stone yard now, is now a boxing mm -hmm. promoter. I was just saying he's, he's promoting the Golden Gloves here in the central part of the state. And right. the guy's doing an amazing, amazing work, but he uses constantly his ability to network and connect with other people in order to overcome one of the greatest demons that life has ever thrown at anybody. And, and so it's not just a bunch of my stories, it's stories of people like that who have overcome really great adversity by no real unbelievable powers, they, they made bold things happen by, by using networking and understanding that you can't do it alone. You need other people in your life. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Now, I believe your information talked about Center City. Center City. Center City, and, Philadelphia. Downtown. And I, I asked my wife, where is it? And she she got a map out. Uh, she grew up at, on Fifth and Spruce. It's right there. Oh, yeah, it's that, it's that close. It's that close. Yeah. If I still had my old arm, it's possible I could throw a baseball there. But I don't think I could throw <laughs> baseball ten inches now. So that's those yeah. days are over. But it's it's right. Wonderful neighborhood. Wonderful people there still. Yeah, that's good. That's good. A good place to live and, and yep. people that are, that are counting on you. And, and I know that once they read that, uh, your book, uh, I assume once they read a book, they contact you and say, well, what can I do about this or that or that? Or this? A lot of people do. I get a lot of uh, response. You know, they go to my mm -hmm. website, makeboldthingshappen.com. And I get a lot mm -hmm. of inquiries to either speak or to just answer questions. And if you reach out to me and I get hundreds of emails a week, I respond to every single one. Some put phone numbers, if put your phone number, I call. But if somebody takes the time to reach out to me, it is my responsibility to get back and I will get back to you in the same day. And that, and, and as you know, because you're a media person yourself, John, that is the greatest joy for me through all of this is connecting yeah. with people that I don't know. Right. Yeah. I enjoy it very much myself. Uh, and and I, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and please do. Well, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you again about your um, 
your love of sports. Uh, I have a love of sports. Did you try playing all of them? Did you take one or two? I played baseball and basketball mostly growing up. Um, right. You know, back when I was a kid, soccer was, you know, we called it kickball. It was not That's really right. didn't have a Absolutely. Today. And we played a little street hockey. Uh, my feet and skates were, were not compatible, but a lot basketball and baseball are, are far and away my from a from participating love. No, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I'm a, an avid Pittsburgh Steeler fan. But football is not something that I ever, other than you know, touch football with my friends in the neighborhood. But I didn't play active or organized football. But basketball to me is still a game that I refer to a lot. I've coached it. I've organized teams yeah. at a national level, and it, the beauty of the game and the team. I call it teammanship, which is a word I made up, right? Watching mm -hmm. the ball move, a team like Golden right. State, the way they pass the ball and the ball yeah. always moves faster than the man. And if you, and I, if you still play pickup basketball, like I try to do, if you ever get out on the court and you find yourself on a team with one guy who, as soon as he gets the ball, shoots it, what I call like a ball stopper, the game becomes no fun. And that's really how life is. To me, it's a good analogy for life. You go play basketball, keep the ball moving, and eventually you're going to find a really easy shot and you're going to score. And if you find that one guy or gal that doesn't want to pass the ball and just holds on to it, things stop. And But I love sports. I watch it. I read it. I talk about it. And I look, I, my degree is in sports administration. I thought I was going to be the NBA commissioner at one point. But when I went through sports, through college, the sports world was very different than it was today. I could have never projected that there would be this many opportunities in sports. So I did it for about 12 or 13 years and moved on through entertainment and then ultimately into the not-for-profit space. Let me get you uh, to spend a few minutes on where the uh, listeners tuning in, where they can find your book so they can buy it. Yep. The, the best place is on Amazon. You just either type right. in my name, Steve Rosenberg, or you type in make bold things happen. And, and, and it is available in many local bookstores, but it just really depends on, on, on where you are. And, but uh, if you want it quickly, just go to amazon.com and make bold things happen and you'll have it in two days. And Amazon is a big, interesting machine, <laughs> but incredibly efficient when it comes to books. It works. It works. It does. I agree with that. I don't know how, and, uh, Jeff Bezos is uh, obviously a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> well, let's not get into that. <laughs> right, please. Uh, okay, I'm going to end it up here with uh, uh, thanking my listeners who tuning in. Uh, had a had a good session today um, with you. It was um, Steve. It was Rosenberg. Good guy here, and um, I'm glad you're listening again. Um, my listeners, tune in. Searching for integrity. And so long and happy trails to all. <laughs>